Have you ever had a pimple that you thought was just going to heal by itself? And maybe it did. Or maybe it didn't. Albert and I are going to tell you some really weird pimple stories where pimples go wild. And hopefully by the end of it, you'll have a stronger opinion about getting treated early and that visiting doctors aren't all that bad. These stories are not for the light of heart, so you've been warned. Let's work it out. Okay, so unlike our other episodes, John and I are going to kickstart this show by each of us sharing an interesting story that we saw in the clinic. John, do you want to start first? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll share a story first. So I have a pretty interesting one, actually. It's about a man and his penis disappeared and then he almost died. How does that happen? Well, a colleague of mine had this very interesting patient who came in with a complaint of his penis having gone missing. How often do you hear about someone waking up and then seeing his penis is gone? Not very often, yeah. Almost never. So when we heard about this patient, a whole bunch of us got really interested because, you know, we're medical professionals. We like crazy stuff like this. Uh, not good for the patient, but very good for our curious minds. So we all followed this patient, even though he wasn't assigned to us. And we eventually made our way to the patient's room. When we got out of the elevator and onto the floor that the patient was on, the first thing that happened was we were slapped with this extremely wretched, raunchy smell that was literally making us tear up and cry. And lo and behold, it was coming from the patient's room. It was seeping through his clothes and spreading like wildfire all throughout the entire floor. So obviously, before entering his room for the initial assessment, we put on as much PP as possible and Eventually, we kind of looked like we were entering this radioactive room with biohazard suits. We had that much gear on because we were so scared of what we we're going to see, just based on the smell alone. When we got into the room and started talking to the patient, he tried to play it off as, oh, it's just a leg swelling. It started from a quote-unquote small pimple. But then when my colleague inspected the patient, it turns out the infection wasn't a small infection or just a leg swelling. It was a very horrible infection with a lot of swelling, significant swelling around his perineum. And if you don't know what a perineum is, it's basically that area between your balls and your butthole. All around there, it was just super red, super swollen, and super painful. The infection was so bad that it was in and around his genitals. And this is something called Fournier's gangrene. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I actually have uh, one, uh, in read in a textbook. Okay. Yeah, it's for the audience. Google it. You're going to love it. It's disgusting, um, which, you know, to us is not necessarily a bad thing. So what about the penis? Well, we inspected the patient and he wasn't technically wrong since when we looked, his penis was gone. There was just a fold of skin where the penis should be. It was buried underneath all that swollen skin. And we also saw something else that was weird. There was this five gallon bucket that was filled with liquid and it looked like it was pee. We couldn't really smell it because of all the masks that we had on. It was sitting right near beside his bed. And that's absolutely not normal to see a five gallon bucket near a bed in the hospital filled with some weird liquid. So we asked him, was it draining? No, no, it was, uh, it was just a bucket filled with liquid just sitting ne right next to his bed. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it was just it was just a bucket. It's not pee, is it? So we didn't, we didn't go and smell it, but it definitely, we definitely suspected it to be pee. So, um, so we asked him like, what, like, how do we find an answer? 
We have to ask. So we asked him if he brought the bucket with him. And he said that he did. And do you know why this man, who says his penis is missing, and it clearly looks like it's missing, was carrying around a bucket? It was pee. Oh god, it was pee. <laughs> yeah, so imagine this. Imagine you have a water balloon, and then you're trying to release all the water, but in the opening of the balloon, you stretch it out to let the water out. Are you going to be able to accurately predict which direction the water is going to fly out? Not at all. Not at all. So now that opening of the water balloon, switch that with the penile urethral opening or the pee hole. The exact same thing applies here. He basically needed a bucket of that size because when he peed, the pee was flying in random, unpredictable directions and he said he didn't want to leave a giant pissy mess. That's kind of gross. <laughs> a man's got to do what a man's got to do, right? Uh, anyways, so we made the clinical diagnosis of Fournier's gangrene. And this is a surgical emergency because this disease spreads extremely quick, quickly. So the patient had to go to the OR and get something called a surgical debridement, which is basically a procedure where we see the damaged tissue and then we remove it, we cut it out. On top of that, he was getting a crap ton of antibiotics. So when we're doing the surgery, whenever it's possible, we try to save or spare the testicles. Uh, but in some cases, you just can't. But luckily for this patient, his testicles were spared at, at a great cost. Wait, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. My, uh, I'm, I'm feeling some tightness between my legs right now <laughs> based off your description. Get a load of this. So what I saw then, I couldn't stomach it at all because the sheer amount of tissue that was removed from the patient, it was just too much. It was just too much for me to bear. Like the image itself still scars me to this day. During the surgical debridement, his entire scrotum or his ball sack had to be completely removed. And his testicles, fortunately for him, or maybe unfortunately, depends on how you look at it, it was spared. But what was left was totally exposed testicles. It literally looked like two ornaments hanging down from a Christmas tree. Two white ornaments hanging down from a Christmas tree. The left one being a little lower than the right, because anatomy. Well, anyways, I, I, this wasn't my patient, this was my colleague's patient. And after I saw that, I could not go see the patient again. Because I mentioned before, that makes me really woozy and it's not something that makes me feel very comfortable. So I don't know exactly what happened to this patient, but what I'm trying to say with this story is to really highlight how important it is to see medical professionals regularly and not to dismiss things as small or irrelevant. This specific patient that I'm talking about had a very serious infection and this spreads extremely quickly. And if treatment was delayed, his life was definitely in danger. So, I, I can't imagine just waking up one day and seeing a little red bump near my privates and thinking, oh, I got to go see the doctor. I mean, even I myself could not have imagined that. But your story is kind of motivating me to like look out for little spots in my body to make sure, oh, hopefully this doesn't abscess or like become infected and like spreads somewhere else. And I think you really drove your message across pretty accurately because... I mean, it's not just the medical field, but dentists see it too. I mean, sometimes patients say like, oh, I have a pimple on the side of my gums and I, it went away and then it came back and then went away again and I haven't seen it since then. And 
a lot of patients tend to dismiss those type of things because they don't see it anymore or they don't feel it anymore. But I guess the moral of the story is there are little terrors hidden within and um, we as individuals must be ever so vigilant to look out for these uh, abnormalities and report it to our local health professionals and clinicians. I guess, I mean, you're, sorry, your, your story kind of just traumatized me a little bit about the whole Christmas lights, how his testicles look like two Christmas lights hanging out there. Um, I don't know, my story kind of... <laughs> yeah, but this is not to say that every time you see a pimple, you have to go see a doctor. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But if you see something and it's not really getting better, and it's been like that for a little while, that's not normal then it's okay to go see a doctor about that because it could be something serious right if it's been maybe 10 days or almost two weeks and it's just getting bigger and bigger it's getting worse it's becoming painful or you notice some other symptoms then yeah definitely get che definitely go check it out it's it might be something more severe you never know that's why it's important to seek the professionals okay as a as a clinician or from your clinical experience how for those wondering out there what would you define as that time frame? Like, would you say a week if it lasts longer than a week or two weeks before you would be considering that it's something more serious? Okay, so that's actually a really good question. So right now we have Google and everyone's going on WebMD and they're self-diagnosing themselves. The problem with that is the internet tends to really overplay a lot of the, a lot of the different things that are going on, but they do give some good information. So if you, if you have stomach pain, for example, and you google stomach pain you're reading all these different things on webmd they usually give a very accurate timeline saying if it doesn't get better within five days then go go seek a medical professional right so i think it's important to rely on the internet to get an accurate timeline i can't just say oh wait a week because sometimes it might be a little bit longer than that it might be shorter so i think it's really important to inform yourself using the internet but taking it with a grain of salt and not getting too worried with what you're reading because it, it really might not be anything but you just don't know so you it doesn't hurt to be sure okay yeah and i i totally agree with that as well i mean uh we don't want everyone who's listening to act like hypochondriacs but um yeah i mean vigilance is key uh you have to be in tune and aware of what's going on in your body i guess that that kind of leads to my story um john shared a a medical story i'm going to share a dental story so Let's take it back a couple of years uh, when I was still a dental student. Um, so we see a lot of patients, primarily a lot of them are Medicaid or need-based patients. And sometimes these patients who do not come from such a privileged background, they actually are not able to actively seek out patient care or like dental, routine dental care. I was doing a rotation in emergency dental treatment and there was a patient who came in one day and one side of their jaw was swollen. like there was a lump on their jaw the size of a golf ball. And when we sat the patient down, we were asking him, you know, like questions. We were trying to get a differential diagnosis. And the patient said, well, their chief concern was in the past, they had a chronic pimple on the side of their jaw that kept on oozing pus. And the patient thought it was just a pimple and, you know, popped it. And then it would go away and then come back again, and popped it. And they actually went to go see a doctor who told them, I think you should see a dentist because this is something that is more dental related. And from the patient's perspective, they're thinking, I have a something like on my skin. How is it related to dental? Based on what I'm telling you, John, what do you think it was? Um, I would think it's an abscess. 
Exactly, precisely. And、uh, more specifically, this is what we consider a draining fistula.、Uh, it's not a pleasant name because it's definitely not a pleasant thing. So, me and my partner that we were working with,、uh, we were going back to the patient's dental history, you know, asking them, when was your last routine checkup? When was your last cleaning? When was the last time you had work done? And what it was, this patient, the last time they had seen a dentist was almost 10 years ago. And when we were doing an intraoral examination, we found that a lot of the teeth had massive decay. We took x rays and we found there were large abscesses, or what we call periapical radiolucencies, near the roots of the teeth. Especially in this area, the patient had reported, oh, you know, a few years back they had pain that woke them up at night. Now, when we hear that, that automatically points our differential towards one direction. This is when a nerve of a tooth is undergoing necrosis or the nerve is dying. And eventually the pain dissipated and the patient thought, oh, this thing resolved, I'm all better now. But the reason the patient felt like there was no pain, well, the nerve died. So obviously the patient's thinking, oh, there's nothing going on. In reality, the nerve had died and an infection had slowly started to develop. And You know, oftentimes the patient reported that they had infrequent discomfort from biting, but decided not to go to a dentist for financial reasons. And, you know, they became kind of apathetic to seeking care.、Um, I'm going to go into a little background information on what a fistula exactly is. So, fistulas often come from an infection. Usually it's tooth borne or gum borne, and it is encapsulated literally in a ball of pus. And this chronic infection is causing the body to mount an immune response to the own body. And that was causing the bone to get dissolved, basically. And you have all this fluid building up、uh, and pressure builds up, and eventually it causes that infection to borrow its way out of the bone, gum, and into the external environment. And usually this borrowing kind of ends at the gums, and patients see a little pimple, and we figure it out. What happened for this patient was it somehow borrowed onto this out of the side of the jaw through the cheek. So, as clinicians, what we were afraid of is this infection luckily found its way out of the body, but let's say it got stuck in there and it kept on growing and it caused bacteremia, or you know, like the bloodstream is being contaminated with bacteria. Well, unfortunately, we, got, we took care of the issue. The patient eventually had to get a, the extraction and then the abscess had to be removed and scraped. And the patient had to come back multiple times to make sure and monitor that the infection didn't come back or get worse. So, how could this have been prevented?、Uh, well, first of all, routine checkups.、Uh, if the decay or infection was detected earlier, we could have prevented the spread from getting to this massive pimple. There's a way of thinking we tell patients、um, that my colleagues and I do.、Uh, you know, preventative care is important because what could have been a filling now became a crown. Or a root canal in the crown. And then, if you don't resolve this issue, it eventually becomes extracted. And having to extract that will mean one day you'll have to replace that tooth with a bridge or an implant or a partial denture. And needless to say, delaying treatment leads to more financial burdens and subsequently other health issues for the patient. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think preventative care is important. You know, Diabetes, there's so many people that have diabetes. Diabetes is totally preventable, right? If you go for your annual checkups, get the proper blood work, you can see how much blood sugar or what your blood sugar level is like. And if you're in that pre diabetic stage, then you can take care of your diet, eat better, bring that back down so you don't cross that threshold and enter the diabetic stage, right? So, preventative care is extremely important. I think that's 
what you're doing and telling your patients that is actually really good. And like you let them know like, the, okay, this can be very small, but if we don't treat it in time, then it'll just get worse and you're gonna need a larger procedure. And who likes larger procedures? Like if I can just swallow a pill and get better, I would choose that a million times over getting surgery. Right, I completely agree. So Albert, now that we both shared our stories and we're trying to highlight the importance of seeking medical attention when it's appropriate, I have a question for you. Sure. Why do all clinicians tell their patients to get their annual or biannual checkups? Are we just saying it for the sake of saying it or are we trying to make more money? Like what's else, what, what's this all about? Um, <laughs> well, okay, clinicians are not just focused on treating ailments or active diseases, but we're also focused on preventing future ones. Um, in the words of my boss and my mentor, we want to be proactive, not reactive when it comes to treating the human body. Um, just right now, John and I talked about two cases where we saw preventable events from occurring. And these instances of usually stem from patients' circumstantial and or financial circumstances to seek out care. And the reason John and I shared these stories to inform you guys is it's we encourage you to actively seek out preventative and preemptive care. And in life, we get busy. Sometimes we become apathetic or lazy or lose track of our lives and neglect our basic health needs. And we, not just from the medical and dental perspective, but as a person, we're, we want to take the time to encourage you to take care of yourself because this will result in a better prognosis of health and a better standard of living. That's really well said. So guys, remember, good health is something that a lot of fortunate people have. But once we lose this, it's almost impossible to get it back. So let's not treat health like the girl or the guy that got away. Let's take care of what we have before we lose it. And like always, remember, stay curious, be humble, and don't forget, have fun. We'll see you guys in the next one.